welcome to Your Future in Finance, a podcast by AXR. We set up this podcast for young, up-and-coming professionals in the market to give them some insights into the thoughts and progression of executive finance leaders across the Australian market. Hi everybody, welcome back to the AXR Future in Finance podcast. Hope you're all keeping well out there. Uh, here with me, Callum Jones-Bray, I'm with Rick Jacobson. And how's things with you, Rick? How's, how's your week been so far? Yeah, it's been good. Um, slowly getting back into the real world. Um, having to put my puzzles aside. All the puzzles have gone to one side. For yeah, now. but um, I, have, I have actually um, found a, this spherical puzzle. That's my next challenge. Um, spherical, like 3D. Yeah, like a, like a football. Jeez. Um, but, uh, How does yeah. that even work? I'll find out. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah. How I'm are a, you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this week. Um, as we record this, the Premier League's due to come back in the next couple of days, which is uh, obviously a big part of my life. And leads me on quite nicely, I suppose, to this week's podcast as well, because we've got uh, Greg O'Shea interviewing Kate Beatty from Endeavour Drinks Group. Um, really interesting listen. Endeavour Drinks Group, for those of you who don't know, is the, the Woolworths drinks business. Currently in the process of being split off from the business. Um, which yeah, obviously includes the Dan Murphy stores, the BWS, and and three hundred different pubs as well, Rick. Which I didn't know is an interesting fact. Um, so yeah, interesting time for the business. I mean, what did you, what did you find most interesting from what you heard on the on the podcast coming up? I think for me, I resonated with something Grego said during the the pandemic. Um, what was you know, that? The, the toilet paper craze. I I was probably more interested in finding finding oh, red mate. wine. I was straight to the bottle shop, yeah. yeah. I was like, if they're going to shut anything, and that was my biggest worry. And then after that, it was, uh, yeah, stock up on, on food and slowly followed by uh, toilet rolls, I guess. I found it interesting as well because you can break the business up into, I'd say, 300-odd pubs versus, I think it's like 1,600 retail stores. So to see one to go from operating fully to nothing and the other one to go from normal to maybe double, triple um, the business, which is uh, obviously quite different. Um, and then, yeah, I think Kate mentioned as well, just the purely the logistical challenges of it when you've got um, bottle shops selling out quicker than they ever have before, plus online deliveries. Um, fascinating to hear how that happens and, and how they responded to that as well. But uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, we'll go into the podcast and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Uh, as part of this uh, kind of, let's call it a working from home and, and, and change in the normal way of working, um, I'm running a series where I'm talking to clients about how their business and indeed how they're getting their team to cope with these changes. So with me today, I've got Kate Beatty. Kate's the finance director for Endeavour Group. And uh, thanks for joining us, Kate. No problem, Greg. No worries. Now, Kate, can you just give us a brief overview of your business and, and what you do? Because you, you've got, a, I guess, a tale of two halves, I think, a story of two halves. Yeah, so we're, uh, so we're the drinks part of the Woolworths groups. And so within that, we have a large uh, set of retail businesses, the ones that people will be most familiar with are Dan Murphy's and BWS. Um, but also possibly slightly lesser known is we've just merged that retail drinks part of the business with the ALH uh, hotels group. So we also operate 330 hotels around the country. So of course, having um, coronavirus hit us has meant kind of two quite distinct things. One is we've had to close the entire hotels business, which has been dealing with a, a massive uh, challenge around 
obviously team and making sure that the well-being of our team is looked after as well as the logistics of closing down all of those hotels. And on the other hand, we've had uh, the retail drink side uh, boom. So uh, just slightly after panic buying for toilet paper started in supermarkets, we saw something a bit similar start in relation to um, alcoholic beverages. Yeah, we were, definitely, we were definitely alcohol before toilet paper in our house. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a few people proudly posting shots of themselves on social media, uh, stockpiling their, their their beverages, which is obviously not necessarily from a responsible consumption perspective what we want. And yeah. in fact, in response, the whole uh, retail drinks industry self-imposed limits mm, mm. on what we would sell in single transactions for a period of time to try and stop that kind of panic stockpiling and all the negative potential social consequences that would cause. Um, so we went through dealing with that um, massive growth in demand and also, of course, as has happened across the uh, retail industry, a massive shift to e-commerce. Yeah. So significantly higher, you know, in some, you know, on one day we had over a 200% growth in the volume of transactions we were doing online, which wow. meant all sorts of difficult things for our logistics. Mm. So just, just fulfilling that volume of orders online uh, and getting the supply working both to store and to customers' homes for a period of time was uh, causing us challenges in all directions. Yeah, correct. And, and, and as a business culturally, you know, obviously you've got the, the business that is booming or two parts of the business that are booming, one part that's in, in absolute, you know, there's not more lockdown that you could be in. How, how do you, how do you, how's the business and the business leaders balancing that and keeping everyone so, yeah, well, I think uh, I think times of crisis often drive a great deal of um, coming together. Mm -hmm. So we've certainly felt, and I think this is this is true right across the Woolworths group, that the need to respond urgently to all sorts of demands. I mean, topmost, of course, being safety and well-being of our teams, of our customers. Um, and of, of the you know, across the operating environment we work in, but but in addition to that, you know that extended into uh, making sure that vulnerable customers were still able to access their basic needs from a supermarket's point of view, and then in, in drinks, obviously that's not so much about basic needs, but it is about ensuring that people can still access the products that they want. Mm. Um, I think that the the need to respond. Uh, at scale across the organisation to challenges in, in, in every direction of the business created a great deal of coming together and a great deal alignment around purpose, priority. You know, we were very um, proudly in the drinks part of the business able to help the supermarket. So we had, uh, so we've re redeployed a lot of our hotels uh, team members into supermarkets as well wow. as into the rest of the drinks business. We had, uh, where we had attached uh, BWS stores to supermarkets, we operated with the attached supermarket to um, close down or reduce the hours of the of the BWS store so that our team members could support the supermarket team mm -hmm. to get essential stock back onto the shelves for our customers. Um, so we, we had like daily uh, you know, crisis management, emergency response style of meetings right across the leadership of, of all of the businesses in the group to agree what needed to be done and what the priority order was and where our resources most needed to be directed. Yeah, gotcha. uh, and so I think that the sense in doing that, that we were genuinely able to harness our best energy to be, you know, the best we can be together was, was really quite wonderful mm. and something that we're now contemplating how do we hold on to going forward. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how we're going to come out of this and whether people's roles evolve to a more about not what focusing on your silo but focusing on the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me, from a, from a kind of a leadership perspective and obviously looking after finance, did you, did you have to make changes on the focus of finance? Were there 
were there any things that you sat there and thought, wow, this is quite a big shift from what we've traditionally done? Yeah, I'd say the biggest uh, obvious example for us, I mean, we, we certainly had the example of everyone moving to work from home, which everyone has experienced. But like most businesses, as we as we started our journey of working from home and as we entered kind of the, 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 the crisis mode, uh, we were in the midst of doing budgets. And mm -hmm. budgets are normally a relatively BAU activity where you have a fairly good level of understanding of what's going to be happening in the following year. You've got some decent projections of income growth and, and what you need to do on the cost side. And all of a sudden, all of those assumptions were out the window. Mm -hmm. And they were out the window and changing daily. So as part of our coming together as a group to try and navigate what we were dealing with, a lot of time was spent across uh, the finance community working with the business, actually doing scenario planning. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was no longer about what's our steady state single view of next year going to be and how does that translate into a budget? It was actually what are the sort of five different scenarios that we think we might be operating in um, literally within weeks and how do we respond to, how do we be ready to respond to all of those and, you know, ultimately what do they mean for us financially and what do we need to be managing? So we had to become very flexible yeah, um, yeah. And, and very able to move in any direction in real time. And that yeah. was more, uh, most uh, relevant as the shutdown scenarios were getting tighter. So mm -hmm. as hotels closed and as uh, we were, as we moved into a retail environment where it wasn't clear how much of retail was going to be able to stay open. Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of planning at that stage as to, as to how we would navigate next steps. And now, of course, the inverse is happening and we're talking about what does re-emerging look like, mm -hmm. at, what pace, what, what, at what pace might what parts of the business start to return to normal and what does normal look like? Yeah, and again, you know, that means inevitably that the budgeting process is very much an assumption-driven process. Yeah. And, and we know that as fast as we make assumptions, they'll change as we learn more things about what, what are we re-emerging into. Yeah, absolutely. And so with, with people that are working for you, obviously they're, they're busy modelling, forecasting, dealing with the business on assumptions, keeping them focused, because obviously there's lots of, you know, white noise around around all the other things that are happening at the moment. How, how have you guys been able to keep people on task, making sure that they're supported, but, but also feel like they're contributing and that the world's not shutting down? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm immensely proud of what the team's been able to achieve, but we certainly increased the the routines of checking in. So mm -hmm. uh, my, my finance team is distributed across the country. So between the hotels business, Dan Murphy's based in Melbourne, uh, and then we have manufacturing businesses based in the Barossa and so on. So we um, quite quickly moved to, within those individual teams, they started meeting every day on yeah. video conferences to just check in and understand a combination of checking in and making sure that work priorities were understood, but also making sure that people were okay. Yeah. Because obviously, as we all moved to working from home, for some people that was quite seamless, but for others, they were suddenly juggling, you know, two parents at home trying to work full time while managing children who couldn't be at mm. school and all mm. of the, the, the challenges associated with that. And we were really conscious of what that might do to people's well-being. Yeah. So we uh, instigated check-ins across the group to, to make sure that we were... Uh, well connected to how people were going mm -hmm. um, and that also we were you know spending time I guess if anything over communicating where where are we at what are we trying to do next what yeah. are the priorities when are they you know when are we trying to do what by how are we coming together to do that and that's required you know as, as I'm sure most people have experienced a lot of time actually spent in really deliberate levels of connection over video conference sharing documents live all of that kind of thing
Yeah. I've never felt like we haven't, I've never felt like people have not been clear about what needs to be done. I think actually the challenge for us has been, there's been an overwhelming amount of things needing to be done very quickly. Mm -hmm. And and from a, from a learnings perspective and things that you kind of went, wow, why haven't we done this before? Is there, is there anything, are there, are there any take homes that this has brought about for you guys? I, I think the ability to work remotely well has just completely stepped up a notch. You know, we, we had always had uh, automatically video conference dial-in option available for every calendar invite we set up. But now it's expected, of course, that you're dialing in by, by video conference. And we, we always expect that people have the cameras on unless that they need not to. We understand that there are circumstances where you don't, but we're, we're much more deliberate and uh, careful about the connection we create online and I think that will mean actually ways of working we had before just won't need to be there anymore so we were doing a lot of travel around the country to have face-to-face -face meetings and I think it's pretty much accepted in the business now that we've proven to ourselves that that's not necessary but actually we can be very effective yeah uh, if we're more deliberate about doing remote connection well yeah and I'd say some teams uh, have reflected back to me that actually they feel more connected now across the country than they did before because when you're in an office environment inevitably you look to the people who are in the same physical space as you to be the people that you talk to and communicate with and so on whereas now actually you have to think about who should I be talking to and communicating with and that extends people's reach more broadly than they might normally have have thought to previously mm. so I, I think for us as a distributed finance community it's been a real positive yeah and, and you as a leader you know have you, have you found these times have you found it tougher than, than normal? Uh, do, you, do you sit there and go, because you're, you're obviously missing that face-to-face, -face, the, the touch and, 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 and you know, physicality of seeing people. Have you found it tougher? Yeah, I would say so. I think the hardest thing is when you're talking to people in just this one dimension of a, uh, a video conference, it's much harder to get a genuine read on whether mm. people are okay. Like I, yeah. I definitely miss the coffee catch-ups. I miss the corridor conversations. Mm. Um, there's, there's, there is something that, that does feel harder. And also I think um, the days have become generally longer days of genuinely back-to-back -back video conferencing, which means actually getting time to sit back and, and think and pause to reflect on how am I showing up as a leader and who do I need to connect with has been just a little bit harder. I know yeah. I've made notes for myself to call people and it's taken me two or three days to actually be able to make the call literally physically because it's blocked by the amount of, uh, things that are somehow being squished into the day. <laughs> yeah, great. And has that, has that meant that from a time management perspective, have you, have you become a lot more structured? So if you're having a conference, is there an agenda? How do you, how do you make sure that you're not wasting your time? Um, I don't think we've done anything better on the agenda front. It's a good point. Uh, we've always said we could be better at being clear about the purpose mm -hmm. of meetings. I think I'm more careful about which meetings I choose to attend because there's been a lot of overlapping ones. Um, and making sure that the ones I attend are the ones I need, I need to be on for various reasons. Um, I don't think I've actually become better at time management. If anything, for a while, my challenge was the extent to which work was slipping into personal, uh, mm. particularly when you're in the same physical environment and switching between from one to the other just means walking out a door. It's yeah. quite hard not to walk back through the door and keep going. Yeah. So I've, I've had to be quite deliberate with my family. I've got two young adult children living with me and I've you know we collectively have made commitments to each other to be quite deliberate about spending time with each other particularly you know around dinner or playing games after dinner and that kind of thing because yeah. otherwise we could all end up spending our entire life sitting on computers. 
Oh, it's funny, we did a seminar this morning and we're talking around, although you're working from home and surrounded by friends, fam, or not friends, but family, how lonely it can be at times because you kind of yeah. this nagging thing that I'm still at work, but I'm at home and, and just trying to find your, your place and, and yeah. ensure that you spend quality time together is challenging. You know, we've, we've banned the news, so we, we kind of are very focused on looking at good news stories at the moment. We yeah, have fair enough. to talk about the two <laughs> best things that happened to you today. Usually it's daddy leaving the room for a while, but, but we've, we've tried to keep it, the language a lot more positive than negative. Mm. So much negativity out there. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we, we're playing games most evenings after dinner and it's just trying to find the, making sure we have time where you're just relaxing and having fun with each other, not feeling yeah. serious and feeling overwhelmed and all the other things that can naturally happen in an environment like this. Yeah. Hey, what's your, what's your view on with finance in general? And because obviously a lot of these roles, the visibility around what people do and productivity, I think is probably a bit more apparent because you can actually see whether, whether you've needed something or whether a role has been a luxury. Do you think we'll see more streamlined teams when we come out of this or do you, do you think we'll just go back to normal? Um, it's a good question. I don't, I, I think, I mean, it's probably partly the industry we're in because we have been so super busy uh, because a lot of our normal finance routines just got turned on their head. Mm. I think if anything, we felt like we don't have enough rather than we've got um, too many. Um, I think the interesting question is going to be what has that pressure put on us now revealed to us about, you know, I certainly have had a lot of conversations with team members about how, how much more urgent fixing inefficiencies in the way we work has now become. Mm. So we can really feel them now that we're trying to do things remotely and it's just things are a little bit, there's a little bit more friction in getting things done. It makes the things that were a bit, painful previously feel extraordinarily painful yeah gotcha uh, so i think there's a heightened sense of well when we get the opportunity we now have quite a firm list of things we're just going to go after fixing as fast as we can because we need to remove these pain points yeah absolutely so you think there'll be a bit out of this there'll be a big focus on on making sure that systems and process controls are exactly best off and automation opportunities are taken you know there's, there's things where it's just taken us too long to turn around key information and it's not yeah because of anyone not doing the right things, just, you know, things that we always knew were a bit hard for us to do have just felt super hard. Yeah, gotcha. And, and with all this scenario modelling then and, and crystal gazing or crystal ball gazing, have you got a view on when you think things, I don't think things will be back to normality for a while, but this new version of normality, do you guys have a, a feel for that? Look, of course, it's a topic we're um, debating all the time. Our... our um, Hopeful view is, and we are starting to see it, so, you know, hotels in, in the Northern Territory have just been given the green light to start to open back up. So our, our hopeful view of the world, I guess, is that um, hotels are on-premise, um, hospitality will start to open up from about July. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, without, a, without a, a, vaccinate, a vaccine being available and without mass immunity in the community, um, we expect social distancing measures to be quite restrictive for an extended period and, and it's anybody's guess as to how long that'll be. So we don't expect the new operating environment to mean everybody's back into the, the physical environments that they were before. We're planning for a gradual reintroduction of people into the corporate offices, but at a significantly reduced volume of people at any point in time. Yeah. We certainly plan to keep open the option to work from home or work from other locations and particularly for vulnerable team members or people who um, feel insecure about um, physically the, the physical safety aspects of being in bigger environments. 
Yeah. And then the, the rest, you know, I think I think we we're pretty much aligned with the broader economic view, which is it's going to be a pretty tough gradual economic recovery, um, particularly while we don't have a vaccine and while it takes some time for sort of the, the economic drivers of the economy to start to return to previous normal mm. without without uh, international tourism, without the ability to travel freely and without the ability to gather freely. There's so many parts of the economy that are going to be impacted for an extended period of time that it's really hard to, to make a call as to when we're genuinely going to have done the full bounce back. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think there's so many, so many things at play at the moment. And I think obviously, you know, international, uh, you know, I think we're going to become a lot nationalised than, than, than globalised because you, know, yeah. you, can't open your, you can't open your borders at the moment, yeah. That is the hope, right, that we can get the infection levels down low enough that at least domestically we can start to return to some level of normal around things like, you know, starting up sporting events and things mm. like that again. Otherwise, it's going to feel very constrained. Yeah, correct. And, and look, I really appreciate your time. I guess, are there any kind of, do you have three pieces of wisdom for anyone out there from what you oh, found? You know, what you would say, hey, that's kept you either focused on task, is keeping you motivated or just helping you cope? Uh, I think, you know, these things are always personal, right? But for me personally, the, the, the plus about this whole new way of working has been that I can do my morning run every day. So I get out with the dog every morning. I've been giving myself a three and a half minute daily plank challenge. Yeah, yeah. So my, I've got abs of steel. Yeah. Uh, so I think that having that, you know, the, the the starting the day in a way that makes me feel personally positive every day has really been a really big plus. Actually, I've mastered mm -hmm. the art of getting ready for work in five minutes. Yeah. And being on the being on the conference call uh, just very shortly after finishing the daily run. So I think you know, for me, it's always been important, and even more so probably when the world feels a bit shaky, to have routines that make me feel good. Mm. And so my, my my personal piece of advice, I guess, is to have that and anchor to it and try to be, you know, try to keep it going no matter what else is going on around you and no matter how overwhelming things can be. Yeah, fantastic. I guess I probably don't have three. The second one is, again, probably the same as most people, but it's make sure that there are opportunities in the day for connections that aren't just about work and that, um, and then when you do, are having connections that are about work, you're still creating time to have a conversation that's more personal than just mm. here's the task that needs to be done so that the whole environment you're operating in and working in still feels human. Mm -hmm. It's even more important when everything's done via screens and, and phone calls. It's the, the humanity still needs to be very deliberately reintroduced all the time. Yeah, it's hard, that, that whole, yeah, the physicality I, I find really hard. And um, that, that whole separation, and we were talking about it earlier, just the screen fatigue of looking at yourself um, for so long, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And being in the same physical space all the time, you know, not the, you, you've got to keep creating some degree of mixing it up and changing it and yeah. refreshing. Otherwise it can get, I think it can really get you down. But on I, the other hand, there's so much to be, you know, it's, it's also a great time to reflect and feel grateful. You know, now more than ever, I think it's safe to say we feel like we're in the lucky country and that, that mm. feels pretty amazing. Particularly, I appreciate that not everyone's in the same boat, but for particularly for people like me, I feel like I'm in a lucky industry. I sort of, you know, we're, we, Yes, we've had our pros and cons, but overall, we're, we're going to get through it with a relatively high level of resilience, I think. And yeah. I, I look forward to seeing the whole economy start to get back on its feet as, you know, as fast as possible. Absolutely. And it seems most clients I'm speaking to, obviously, it depends on sector. So if you're in hospitality, you know, travel, education, 
be pretty quiet at the moment. But um, mm. you know, the, the resources guys, logistics, uh, retail, FMCG, they're all really busy. And um, mm. it's just, yeah, it's just an interesting dynamic. But funnily enough, they're all going through the same challenges. And I think we're all new at it. But it's interesting that yeah. people are approaching it. And yeah, to me, it's as much mental about keeping positivity and making yeah. sure. Yeah, as you said, the three and a half minute plank on your elbows or straight armed? Uh, no elbows. Oh yeah. My uh, yeah. I, don't, I can't do the straight armed. <laughs> but having those little goals is what sets you up, I think, for success. Yeah. So anyway. Small wins. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's all. That's all you're looking for. As long as they're wins, it doesn't matter how small they are. But um, but Kate, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for um sharing your views on where we're going and um. You know, I can't wait to go and have a, uh, a beer at one of your pubs. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> totally. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for joining us, Kate and Greg. That was really insightful into the Endeavour Drinks Group and how they're managing at the moment during COVID-19. Um, hope you're all keeping safe and healthy out there. If any of you would like to chat with Callum or I, um, please reach out. We're always here to chat. Um, I know it's a tough time at the moment for everyone. Um, so, you know, if you need a, someone to chat to. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree, Rick. You, you guys know where we are. And uh, yeah, we've got a few more interesting ones in the pipeline coming up with a couple of really good speakers I'm looking forward to speaking to as well. I know you've done ones yourself, Rick. I've got, I've got one or two in the pipeline. So uh, yeah, everyone take care out there. We'll, uh, you'll hear from us soon. Ciao. Oh. Oh, a little ciao on the end what? there, Rick. No, I like that. Delete that. Yeah, no, leave this in. <laughs> <laughs>